Hey podcast, just before we get you to this episode, I wanted to invite you to join us at pageantlaunch.com. We are starting the world's first dedicated pageant review site and we want you to join our launch team. All you need to do is put in your email address. It's completely free. We are looking to make the pageant industry safe, transparent, and fair, and we'd love your input on how to do that. So head over to pageantlaunch.com, whack in your email address, and let's get you to this episode. I'm Danielle Alora Mignona, Elite Miss Pennsylvania Earth 2020, and this is my interview with the Pageant Project. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. Um, it's Adrian from the Pageant Project, and I have with me, wish me luck, Danielle Allura Mignogna. God, I butchered that Italian is up my strong suit. Elite Miss Pennsylvania Earth USA 2020. Uh, Danielle, do you want to just introduce yourself? Because I'm sure I butchered that horribly. <laughs> It's like a cruel game, right? My name is Danielle Alora Mignona. I'm Elite Miss Pennsylvania Earth. Okay. All right. Over over in the US, where whereabouts are you at the moment? Are you in Pennsylvania? I mean, it, it looks amazing, just that little bit of sun. Thank you. I don't have any sun because it's six in the morning, but whereabouts are you at the moment? We've, we fought for the sun today. It actually, there was this crazy storm that blew through. Uh, right now, I'm actually in Baltimore on the harbor at a gorgeous hotel called the Pendry. And I'm meeting with them for my platform, No Excuse for Single Use. It's my commercial side of my platform. I meet with businesses, namely hotels, showing them areas that they can go sustainable, go green while saving money. And so I'm not only here about that, but also they're looking to start an apiary potentially on their roof. So I'm working oh, wow. with their head chef since I am also a beekeeper. <laughs> Okay, so I do do my research before interviews, and I have to admit, I, I've seen it, uh, and I was watching an interview of yours on YouTube yesterday, and then I think I looked at your website where it had your resume on it, and I just was looking at it going, is there anything that you haven't done? So um, I think, why don't you try and start us with your life journey so far, all, all the things that you do, um, not just pageantry, just all the things, because there seem to be so many different, I mean, the beekeeper is a prime example, but you're an actress, you sing, you do all these other things, non-for-profits. So do you want to just try and sum up your life journey in a few minutes? Good luck. In a few minutes. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, the greatest thing about life is that you can constantly reinvent yourself, learn new things, and that it's a journey, especially being in a pageant. That's a journey as well. It's hard to sum things up, but I would say the easiest way to start is that I was adopted. I was a baby when I was adopted into a fabulous family. I definitely won the lottery with them. I thank God every day. Mm. And just having a thirst for life and being brought up by a mother who has an extremely green thumb, it became a part of me. And now there's this amazing pageant system that I'm honored to be a part of that aligns so perfectly with my passions that this has just been quite the ride. And now the pageant is in January. So I have another six months to really, really enjoy the ride. And in the meantime, I definitely got my beekeeping license from Penn State University, which is something that I really had 
hadn't announced yet because I was trying to get certain things off the ground before doing so, but I'm just so excited about it that I figured, oh, I'll let the cat out of the bag. Um, So Italian honeybees are the ones that I am raising. And so they have the tastiest honey and I think they're also the cutest. Bees, um, one of those things that they they say that if anything goes wrong with bees, like they're one of the first in nature, one of the first lines to get hit. Um, So working with bees, I mean, what what did you have to do in order to get your license? And I guess, is it true that if there's pollution or something that bees are one of the first things affected, like there've been sort of mass extinctions of bees? Absolutely, there's colony collapse disorder and part of it can be explained by pesticides and others, uh, some beekeepers say that they just disappear, they just don't come back. And that's not saying the whole colony, but it's a lot of them. And there's many different jobs that bees have in a hive and they're mostly women. The men are, the drones are just around, the drones are the men. They're just around to help procreate, but the women are the nurse bees, the foragers and the hard workers and the queen. And so, uh, you know, when it comes to bees and dragonflies, they're one of the first ones to also disappear when the ecosystem is no longer healthy. We only have five years left and we lose 30% of our crops immediately. And that's our food. I mean, your local farmer, he relies on the bees. If you had plants only indoors, as soon as you put them outside, give it a few days, you see how much more healthy they are. And that's because the biotic and the abiotic species are helping your plants grow. And that's the pollinators, including the bees. Uh, just back up, a- biotic and abiotic. What what do what are those? Uh, living organisms and non-living organisms that attribute to a healthy garden. So that's the climate, the sun, the insects, and the animals. Right. Okay. Um, guys, I can see a bunch <laughs> of you leaving comments. Um, I will just catch up with Danielle Getter to give us her uh, pa- background, her pageant background, and then I'll circle back around to the comments. So for those of you in the comments screaming, I can see you. Uh, I can see Zanny and I can see Sandel. I'll get back to you guys in a sec. Um, and you also mentioned Miss Earth has been, so you probably should update us with that because it was originally in August, as I believe in Vegas. And so it's been changed now. Why don't you update us with that? So it was just announced that we had moved the pageant, they had moved the pageant to January. And I have to say this entire time, the Miss Earth organization and Laura Clark have just done an outstanding job rolling with the punches because as you know, the coronavirus COVID has really shown everyone who's boss. And you know, if you yeah. had plans, they have had to change no matter what it is. So they've kept us in the loop up to date. And every time I've just been thoroughly impressed with the calls that they've made and how easily they were able to, all right, this is the deal. Now this is the deal. And so we have never been in the dark for this and our safety is the most important and they made the right call. Now it's in January in Vegas and the dates look like they're gonna be mid January, like the 14th to the 17th around there. It's not completely confirmed, but it is in January. Of course. How do you feel about it being postponed another six months? I mean, in one way you would have been getting ready for now, but as you already said, in another way, you've now got another six months. So how are you feeling? (laughs) You know, it would have been this week and we were ready. I was ready. Uh, So excited to meet all my sister queens. I mean, I've been talking to them online, following their journey and even my sister queen, she was gearing up as well. We've been really, really amped. But now her pageant is virtual 
uh, this month, August. And so we'll be cheering her on live, but virtually, and then she'll be doing the same for me in January. And, you know, you can't complain. You really can't because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I'm so honored to represent my state and to have made the green team that I've made as far as VIPs and community leaders to get things done, to lobby for the environment and to push my platform and get 20 hotels on board to pledge against plastic. And I've successfully kept one ton of plastic out of landfills so far. I'm on track oh. to keep out two. And, but that's in a normal economy. You know, Not everything is open right now. This, this hotel, the Pendry in Baltimore, this gorgeous place is only allowed to operate at about a 50% capacity. But yep. as you can imagine, that's 50% capacity with a six foot distance. So it's technically 30%. So right. as much as I'm geared up to continue to make a difference and go compete, you know, things need to happen first, safety and precautions. So, you know, you just got to thank your lucky stars and keep going. I mean, you're obviously passionate about the environment and you mentioned that your mum was the one that had the green thumb. Can you give us some ideas to how, I mean, I, I will assume that it's your mum, but you can tell us how you got um, so passionate about the environment and then all the things that you've been doing um, for the pageant, including your platform, which is no excuse for single use, isn't it? Yes, it is. Very good. So as a little girl, one of my earliest memories was not only running around my Nana's rose garden and she taught us how to prune those rose bushes and that was in Long Island, New York. But my mother, after swim practice, we would take all of our recycling and throw it in the dumpster. And I always loved looking forward to throwing the glass jugs in the dumpster because you'd hear them break. And so that was a really fond childhood experience was recycling. And who would have thought that that'd be such an exciting activity because you get to damage something I don't know and uh, then we'd drive home and on the way home on the hottest days of summer there'd be some of my neighbor's plants potentially dying on their porch so we'd get out and water them with our water bottles and so my mom really made it an activity and we didn't even notice that it was like a little fun game at the time it was just life it was life for us and I loved it and so now Sounds... for my platform yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry go on no, I was going to ask you about your platform. That basically started when I've had this amazing experience being able to travel the world as an entertainer, model, actress, and singer. And in the meantime, I've come across beautiful parts of the planet and unbelievably polluted parts of the planet. And mm. last summer, I traveled to nine different countries. And no matter where I went, it was everywhere. And I got home and as much as I reflected on the beauty that I saw, I couldn't shake the trash. I couldn't shake the litter. And I just had to do something. So I looked up how to become a community leader when it came to the environment. And I found different ways that you could lobby, but then I found the earth system and I was like, holy cow, there's a pageant for this. This is awesome. What a great way to set deadlines and try to really push the envelope mm. to make an impact in a set period of time. And I was honored to be crowned Elite Miss Pennsylvania. And now with my platform, I have a zero waste home side where I talk to people in the comfort of their own homes, socially distanced online on my Facebook page. I have videos to show them simple habits they can add week to week is what I encourage, but month to month 
to lead a green routine. And now I have this green army that I've created on my page. And then a commercial side where I encourage businesses to go green and then show them how it also saves them money, especially right now. It's really important for small businesses. Of course. Um, you mentioned that you're at a hotel at the moment and you're, you're talking to hotels about how to be more environmentally conscious and actually save money or make money in the process. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. So with hotels namely, I have definite steps that I've outlined. There's about 13 different ways, namely gearing towards plastic that they can go green, but I really highlight the top four and the top four are the, the substitutes or options that they can choose that definitely take plastic out of the landfill, help them recycle, save money, but also affect our dinner plate. Because as you can imagine, it's a cycle and whatever mm. ends up circulating in the system winds up in our in our waterways, winds up in our air and ultimately on our dinner plate. And we consume on average a credit card worth of plastic a year. That was pre-pandemic. Now that we're in a pandemic, our landfills are completely overrun with plastic because we've been led to believe by certain companies that it's the safer choice when it's actually mm. the most detrimental. So this is my campaign to continue running around telling people that this is actually not the answer and there are definite substitutes for it. And one of my favorite ones to encourage them to do is either get more compostable plastic trash bags that can compost mm -hmm. very quickly or there are plenty of hotels that throw away pillowcases that are just less than perfect. And I've been showing them how to put them in receptacles where I can gather their leftover soap and shampoo, donate them to homeless shelters. But the bag used is the, the pillowcase that they were going to throw away. And then they can just rinse it and reuse it. So no excuse wow. for single use. Um, is there such a thing as sort of more biodegradable plastic because obviously previously it was just all plastic was bad now it seems to me people are talking about some plastic that is i don't know if you would call it environmentally friendly but i think you mentioned it just said like plastic that does actually break down is there any distinction or is all plastic plastic and we should kind of avoid it i really do think you should do everything in your power to avoid it but there are some great technological advances as far as plant-based plastics, but we really have to watch out for greenwashing, which is when something may look like it's green, especially in the packaging, you know, they're getting really yeah. savvy these days with marketing, but it, you have to really read the ingredients and know what it's comprised of. But there's definitely this organization that has approached me to be an ambassador and I'm really considering it called Cure for Humanity. They have a cassava root type bottle that will break down very, very quickly. So it's not meant oh, for wow. long shelf life. It's not something that say you can pack water in and save it for a rainy day. It will break yeah. down even with the water inside. But it is something for a temporary use that plenty of places, you know, concerts, events that mm. need these bottles that is just a short lifespan could definitely use something like that. So cassava root is one example. But again, you have to watch out where these things are coming from and how they're harvested because now we're utilizing a har harvesting a plant which still utilizes fossil fuels in a way unless our grid changes from natural gas to a cleaner yep. source of energy so you got to be careful and still make the best choice so a lot of that deals with research but whether it's a pandemic and things are going on and people aren't doing research in order to know how to be the safest or for the environment or for sometimes the elected officials that are running 
people really, really do need to put more energy into research to know what they're putting in their bodies and what's going on in the world. I was going to mention research because there are so many different things that you need to research before you can actually say this product, yes, is environmentally friendly and this one is not. For example, if you have electric cars, people were told originally that was environmentally friendly and then it turned out to make the batteries. It was coming, the, mineral, the minerals were coming out from a strip mine somewhere, which obviously was very environmentally unfriendly. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anywhere that can that's a good place to start researching because i'm just aware that a lot of people will go oh my god that's too much and i i won't be able to find out so i'm not going to care is there a good place to start with your research so you at least can get a basic understanding i love that you asked that question the greatest place to the easiest place to start everybody loves watching a movie everybody loves netflix and the streaming devices there's so Hmm. many great interesting documentaries out there that all you have to do is search a keyword like environments or planet or plastic if you really want to get nitty gritty Hmm. and sit back pop some popcorn and enjoy it you'll learn a lot truly that's how i started is i just sat back and let my tv teach me and then i would oh wow rare earth minerals used to make electric cars let me look more into that that's not good oh solar panels not always the most renewable green energy wow let me look deeper into that so you can find what really triggers you more and then do your own Mm -hmm. research afterwards yeah sounds good um sounds like a good use for netflix since probably too many of us are stuck to netflix or disney plus at the moment uh you mentioned that on average uh, correct me if i'm wrong was it a credit card worth of plastic you said that we ingest per year now i just yeah okay i just know that there are some people who will go okay that's not that much fine um, for me to eat the way I want, a credit card worth of plastic is not that bad. I, I just know people are going there. So in terms of the health impact it has on us, what are some of the health impacts it would have by just, in inverted commas, having a, a credit card worth of plastic? Well, you can start by looking at the birds that are dying on beaches. And when you look inside their stomachs, baby birds or adult birds, they're full of plastic. And that can be us. I mean, granted, we're not swallowing giant pieces of plastic hopefully hopefully mm. you guys out there aren't doing that but toxins cling <laughs> toxins cling to these plastics and so the children in our generations these days have six times more toxins in their bodies and their bloodstream than we do and that's only going to get worse and compile as time goes on the more plastics mm. that are landfills the more toxins will attach themselves to them in our oceans and now our oceans are 50 percent a ratio one to one plankton to plastic and when you go up the food chain, guess who's eating those, that fish, guess who's in the plankton, and then ultimately our dinner plate or our water. Our tea bags, some tea bags have been found to have 11.6 billion plastic microparticles. That's in tea. Seems really innocent until tea. you look at a tea bag. You're never going to look yeah. at it the same, right? <laughs> Which also um, tea bags aren't them. <laughs> Sorry, go on. I, I was just going to ask because we have your advocacy and then Pete, there's obvious uh, steps that people can take at home. So just from your experience, what are some of the easiest and simplest ways to start the journey towards being plastic free? Because very often people go, oh my God, if I have to cut out all my plastics, I can't do it. You just look at your cupboard and you can look at all the plastic and you go, I, I couldn't give away all this. But what are the simplest and easiest ways for people to just get started so they can at least feel they're making a difference? 
as long as you start, that's amazing because it's hard to get started to procrastinate. It's so easy to grab something plastic these days, whether you're purchasing something or just around the house, but just reduce, find something that you know you can either substitute or just get rid of, hopefully recycle instead of utilizing mm. that plastic because it, it really is bad for you. Do a plastic audit around your house, see what you can substitute with better materials and I encourage starting in from room to room because it can be a little daunting. And yeah. I like to especially get rid of the plastic in the bathroom because as you can imagine, that's really where a lot of the toiletries are comprised of the plastic packaging. Yeah. And so I did a live earlier this week showing how you can go plastic free even with your beauty products by creating your own and making them a solid bar. So there's no plastic bottle there. And if you, you know, it'll go all the way down and you'll get rid of it and then it's rinsed away. Just make another. And in fact, I bought a eight pound block <laughs> of shea butter soap base. So it's going to take me a while to go through that. So also buying in bulk is a great way mm. to get rid of plastic. I would also imagine you save quite a bit of money on cosmetics and makeup if you can make your own. You not only save money, but it instantaneously, you see a difference in your skin, a difference in your hair, and it's just, it makes everything easier. Instead of using products to fix things, all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is how it's supposed to work. This is how I'm supposed to feel. I get it now. Yeah, it's it seems sometimes that we've sort of distanced ourselves from envir the environment a lot and we're kind of out of touch. Uh, Danielle, just in terms of your pageant journey, um, can you give us an idea as to your, your pageant history? I normally start with that, but we got onto the advocacy, which is fine. What about your pageant history? So I definitely started by competing in the USA system, oh, feels like forever ago. And I was encouraged by people in my community to go out for that because I had been avid working so hard with charities and they're like, well, you do what they look for. So why don't you try it? And I had already been mm. modeling. And so I did, I, I bought a gown, I got on stage and I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> but it was, it was quite the experience. But I tell you, even with being a model actress and singer and feeling you know the castings you don't always win the job or you know yeah. you get those rejections you know a pageant not winning a pageant was a learning experience learning how to gracefully not not win and so mm. I, I was like wow this is amazing and I, I was competing against people that have been doing it their whole life and i was like 23 i think i want to say and so i went back to modeling i really really focused on that because i was like wow that was a ride um, and i modeled all over the world and then i was like you know what let me try this again because then i found a system that was all the way into charities like really about platform and i was like that seems mm. like what they were encouraging me to do in the first place so i went out for that i did pretty well and that was miss delaware united states and i think i was top three i forget which placement exactly it might have been the third one look i don't even know the perfect terminology the memory <laughs> the memory goes it's a long yeah. time ago <laughs> it's a long time ago guys don't hate me for that and then uh, i really really enjoyed competing in that system and that was run by laura clark at the time and like right. just red carpet all the way like all the eyes were dotted t's were crossed completely impressed and so mm. then international Miz uh came to be a thing and that was a lot about women entrepreneurship and i was like wait that's yeah. also me and my charity so then 
I competed for that and I was honored enough to get the title of California. And at the time I had then moved to California and I was acting out there and I was an executive board member for a charity as well. And that went really well because I placed somewhere in the top five, I think fourth runner up. Don't, don't quote me guys. It was a while ago too. (laughs) And then, um, you know, life takes a hold of you again. And I really steamed forward with charity and acting, modeling and singing. And then, like I said, after last summer, I just could not shake the litter that I saw everywhere, Mm. all over the ocean, especially in the Galapagos. I was like, I'd been really looking forward to spending good money to travel the world, to see the beauty of the world. And we're, we're destroying her. We have to do something. And so now steaming forward with trying to break into people's minds to show them, no, we're not separate from the environment. We're completely a part of it and we can Mm. save it. We can absolutely save it. Just look at what we've been able to fix in the meantime that we haven't been driving so much or flying so much, Mm. you know, we can save the planet. That was scary when Corona hit and a lot of us were stuck at home and couldn't travel, couldn't go to work, couldn't go out. And you you sort of saw very quickly in some cases how Mother Nature repaired herself. I think there was a photo, I can't remember, it might have been in Italy or Venice where there were canals. And within like two or three weeks, the canals had gone from basically muddy brown to crystal clear blue green. And I think that was really a wake up call for myself to go, wow, that's, that's how quickly Mother Nature can repair herself when we're not intent on destroying her. Uh, Just in terms of pageantry, because obviously you've got so many strings to your bow, what is it that you think that pageantry specifically has added to your life or given you in terms of skills that maybe all the other things haven't? It might be very difficult to separate, but what has pageantry specifically given you? Many things. I can't say enough nice things about the pageant journey, and it definitely is a journey. But one thing I really enjoyed cultivating the most was being able to accurately communicate my opinion in a more eloquent way than I had in the past. I've always been a very passionate person, love to talk about the things that I'm working towards, but I'm much better now at formulating sentences and being able to get my point across also in a much more refined way than a more opinionated way like before. So, Mm. you know, working with all of these fabulous women that have been my interview coach, I have them to thank for that. And then the pageant to really push me in order to put it to the test. You know, that's one of the most exhilarating parts not being on stage is normal for me, but Mm. being able to speak my own mind and use my own words is not something that I get to do often because I'm usually reading someone else's script or putting on someone else's clothes. And I'm, I'm basically hired to be the canvas for the artist instead of pageantry. I'm able to be myself and talk about what makes me move. Yeah. So having said all that, what part is your favorite part of pageantry? Is it one of the onstage parts? Is it the interview? Like which part for you is your favorite? I love swimsuit because it reminds me so much of when I lived in China and I was modeling on TV for a TV show. And so that was the biggest runway I'd ever been on in my life. And it will probably be the biggest that I will ever be on because the SIUF show in China is their version of Victoria's Secret, but it is 
billions and billions and billions of people and dollars bigger than the United States. And I was the first year that they were allowed to hire foreign models instead of just keeping it an Asian market. They definitely made it much more international. So it was this insanely extreme experience of being thrust into a culture and living there for a while, learning their language and trying to get by. I mean, you're in a rehearsal. As soon as I landed in Hong Kong, I was being spoken to in Mandarin and then on a bus, all of a sudden I'm rehearsing and I don't know left and right. I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to hear, let me, okay, she's turning right. And then it got to the point where my name became a joke because they couldn't say my name much like, much like people can't say my name in English. They couldn't say my name in Mandarin either. So I had a number on my hip that was 32 because there were 32 supermodels for the TV show. So they would just call me Senshiar. Or if I got something wrong, like left or right, the Senshiar, ha. <laughs> and so I learned very quickly that 32 was my new name. And I also knew the tone in which I was doing something wrong. <laughs> um, when, you, when you say you, you learned the language, is it, is it Mandarin that we're talking about? Yes, I wish that I could practice it a lot more in the United States, but being over there in 2014 and this summer, I got to practice it a lot more, but you know, you lose it. It's such a language that you have to keep up on. So, but Zanny, I'm sure he's here because he's always Mm. following me around on my lives. He's like one of my favorite people to see show up. He'll always message me in Mandarin. So we'll message back and forth, but he's trying to help me practice. So I appreciate that. So you still, because I know Chinese, but the other, the flip side of it, which is Cantonese, which is the language that's spoken Cantonese. natively in Hong Kong, whereas Mandarin, ironically, they the two languages have exactly the same written language, but they just say it completely differently, so they cannot understand one another. So can you, I don't know, can you say something in Mandarin? I won't know what it is, but it'd be impressive. Just say something in Mandarin. <laughs> uh j- Naga Nairen Hebei Hong Cha. I heard eBay in it. What, <laughs> what did that mean? Uh, that lady over there is drinking red wine, a glass of red wine. <laughs> <laughs> That's an oddly specific phrase to know. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't ask how you came up with that one. Um, okay, yeah, so my inflection, just just FYI, my inflection is probably really messy and uh, probably a number of other things. But hey, <laughs> you asked. It, it's very difficult to get Mandarin or Cantonese right because for those of you watching, I'm not telling Daniel because obviously she'll know it's a tonal language. So if you go up or down at the end of a sentence, it, it may, makes the or end of the word it it completely changes like a completely different word. Um, I just realized that I said, I just realized I said cha and that's tea. (laughs) That's not wine. (laughs) That's true. Yes. That's (laughs) I just, you say eBay. So I thought that the sentence was about eBay, but clearly it wasn't anything to do about eBay. (laughs) Um, But I don't know if you know, do you know the origin of Chinese whispers? You know, when people are sort of gossiping and they say it's Chinese whispers, do you know the origin of that? No, I do not. No, it's because, as I just said, t- uh, Chinese is a tonal language, right? So you need to know right. whether it's going up or down. But when you whisper, Correct. you have no tonal inflection. So that's why you can't understand Chinese when they're whispering, technically, because you can't tell when they're whispering whether it goes up or down. That's how Chinese whispers actually came about. 
So there you go. It's got to be a tough thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll catch up with the comments because I've been ignoring them. So Zanny is is watching. Um, he Here we go. So he said you're in Maryland now. Cool. Sendal is also watching. Oh, hi, Sendal. And she's also said loved reconnecting with you again in pageantry. Yeah, Zanny, Zanny here. Zanny has, has said Nihama. <laughs> I know that much. Um, yeah. And... Oh, eBay means a glass. Okay. All right. I just heard eBay and thought it meant... I got that one. I got that one. (laughs) (laughs) And Suzanne has also said in Mandarin, there are four tones. Yeah, there's up, down, there's flat, and then... Zanny, look, I I butcher Chinese horribly. I'm really good at hearing it and understanding it, but when I speak, I get really dirty looks because I always pick the wrong inflection. Um, You you and me both. You and me both. You can be careful because you can insult people. I went to a Chinese restaurant and they asked mm-hmm. how many, how many at the table, and I thought I'd show off. So I said um, six in Cantonese, and I, I said it with the wrong inflection. And when you say it with the wrong inflection or the inflection that I use, it basically means take a roll or like fall over, like sort of just die. And he looked oh, at no. me with a very, a very dirty look, and then I just said yes, yeah, six. That was the last time I tried speaking Chinese uh, in public. I, just six so, you know, in Mandarin, I believe, is Leo, right? I don't know Mandarin. Can you count to 10 in Mandarin? I can do it in Cantonese. I can't do it in Mandarin. E R San Su U Liu T Ba Jiu. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I think you got to nine. Um, I, I've had multiple people try to teach me how to speak to Mandarin, uh, speak to 10 in Mandarin. I can never do it because the sounds are so different, um, especially for. E er san and then that one, like if you tried to spell that in so, English, I would have no. Yeah, I can't make that sound. <laughs> How many languages do you speak? You now, just of interest. How many languages do you speak? So I, I speak a lot better Spanish than I do Mandarin, believe it or not, um, and that's another language which I wish that I could practice daily more, but. I sing Italian opera, Spanish opera, French opera, and a number of other things. I, even I sing in Mandarin as well. So I like to say that I can read and pronounce things close to perfect, but I might not always know what I'm saying. But I can sing a beautiful tone, and other people can definitely understand what I'm saying. <laughs> that's that's all that matters. Uh, let me just catch up with I'm the Susanias. Uh, Zanny said huge difference between Mandarin and Cantonese. Yeah, I, I mean, as I said, I can understand huge. Cantonese, but can't I can't understand a word of, of Mandarin. Uh, Danielle, I, as I said, I, I, I like doing my research, and I was digging through your through your photos. So, just as a fun little detour, as you said, you like to entertain. Um, I'm going to bring up some photos that I found on your Instagram. None of them are incriminating in any way, but maybe if you can give us the brief. The brief story as to what what was happening in the photo, and there's some interesting ones here. So I'll add that, and hopefully you can see that now. <laughs> okay, so. so this is me as Glenda, the Good Witch, in an original Wizard of Oz written by Donna Swajewski. And one of my favorite moments in my life was when I had been cast as, in her original titles, that she would remake these fabulous princess musicals and you know what's funny is when i first went out for musical theater 
I auditioned for the evil queen in original Snow White written by Donna. And I had been walking around my house the whole day in this like slinky black dress wearing six and a half inch heels. And I was like, I'm ready for this evil character. And I walked up on that stage and Donna goes, how do you walk in those heels? And I was like, one foot in front of the other. And she goes, okay, go ahead and read your part. So I read the part, I sang the song. She goes, that's good, but um, now I'll read the part of Snow. And I was like, Snow, like the princess? She goes, yeah, 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 just read it. I was like, well, I, I didn't prepare for that. She goes, no, it's okay, just go ahead and read it. Mm-hmm. So I read it and she goes, okay, great. We'll, we'll be in contact. The very next day they offered me the part of Snow White, the princess. I was like, <laughs> I was doing my ultimate like evil queen and they saw princess. So from that moment <laughs> on, I had been, <laughs> I had been cast and I think. Evil very well then. <laughs> I, I don't know. She, people probably don't agree with that either because they loved me as the princess. They loved me as I was the fairy godmother, as you could see, the good witch. And like 15 shows after that, I'd been constantly cast as the protagonist or the princess, none of which were evil queens. And I still, to this day, I, mess- I message Donna. I'm like, you got any parts for me? And she just laughs because... I guess I'm just typecast as a princess constantly when the, but the, the evil Queens that she wrote these parts for weren't like scary evil. They were diva evil. They got the best songs in my opinion and had the awesomest like one liners, just the audience would be roaring and laughter. And whether it was like their minion or their uh, wizard that would just, you know, kiss their feet, just like, Oh, I loved every single part of their character, but I never had the opportunity to be evil yet. So, <laughs> to it's anyone interesting. listening. <laughs> interesting as a pageant queen wanting to be the evil one rather than the princess. I think that that's interesting. You want to keep it varied. Well, it's, you know, you want to you want to put your feet in someone else's shoes. And as an actress, you really want to stretch the boundaries. And so I just figured that, you know, that's definitely a part that I would love to play. I want to be the diva evil queen. <laughs> Sounds good to me. What about this one? Can you tell what this one is? This photo has such an amazing story. So in China, um, I had landed, I went to my first rehearsals. And after the first week that I kind of got my bearings as to where we were situated in the hotel, which was this gorgeous Taj Mahal looking hotel in Logan City. And um, the, but the village was made to look like Venice. So it was like the Taj Mahal in the middle of Venice. Like there was moats and everything gorgeous, I swear. And so I walked around the hotel just in awe. I was like, wow, I can't believe we're some of the only people here because they had only just opened it. So we were the first ones staying. And I heard music in a back room and I was like, Interesting. I haven't heard, you know, American music in a long time. It's been seven mm. days. That's the longest I'd been out of the country. By <laughs> so I go to sure. the room and I hear Adele's and it's a, a lady singing. There's producers around, there's cameras and she's singing Adele and they're writing on this clipboard as if they're judging her. And I was like, huh, mm. I can sing that song. So I walk right up to him and I'm like, can I, can I sing? And I point to the mic. He goes, you sing? I said, yes, I sing. He goes, okay, what song? I was like, that one. He goes, okay. He played it again. I sung it. And next thing you know, that was the audition to be the entertainment. Like I said, SIOF is the Victoria's Secret of China. That was the audition Mm. to be the entertainment for the runway show. And I won. I won that job. I became... 
I walked the show as one of the models. So you're basically like the Ariana Grande or the Taylor Swift on the VS on the VS runway. It was hilarious. I, I walked, you know, very serious model walk. As soon as I got to the backstage, threw on this red dress. My hair was still in the ponytail because that's the only way they keep it. Sang a song and the audience is looking at me like, wait, didn't we just see her? And so I sang a few Beyonce songs and Jessie J. Ran back off stage, threw the dress off. I still had my next outfit on underneath and then got right back on and walked. <laughs> and this was during one of those songs. I think this was during Halo, Beyonce Halo. Wow. Okay. Well, that that is one hell of a story. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> this is why I thought it'd be interesting for you to talk us through the photos because there's so many different photos. Is this the same one? No, this is in LA. This is LA Fashion Week. And this was during Nicole Miller's runway show for, I think it was men only actually. And they had these amazing background dancers behind the screen and they're live dancing behind me. And so mm. I'm singing one of my original songs actually on that stage. And then I sang um, a song, I think this time around was another one that's a cover. It's a little bit more classical, but then there was this song in that same outfit where it was like a pool party song and it's just like come on people and it's they wanted me to sing my version of it but i didn't think that i did it justice enough so i sang part of it and then we lip synced the rest because it was this like amazingly like belting woman just shouting mm. into the crowd like come on let's go and i just i was like you know the part that she yells let's just let her do that and i'll say it myself and so then i started riffing off of it too so it was like i was singing and lip syncing at the same time this one song that they were like dead set on the vision of the swimsuit show for me to do <clears throat> and this is the song before that because that song i look very different with like facial and my hair i'm like whipping my hair around for that one <laughs> that yeah this one you look you show. look quite you look quite serious in in this one was, or maybe it's just the I photo was strutting you were strutting. I was strutting. That's a very guy. sparkly top you've got on. You look like you're wearing a disco ball. It was completely metal. It was only metal. Very cold, by the way. Very cold. <laughs> well, probably not as cold as this this lovely gentleman in the background because he's he's yeah, not he wearing freezing. much. Um, he's not wearing shoes even. No, he's. <laughs> it's good for the guys to know what that actually feels like. Okay. What so about him? this is. This is at the Austin, Texas Grand Prix. I believe you know that this is Gerald Butler. And yes. I was in the, I was on the paddock side, I believe of the track, not the pit lane, but the other side behind where the teams are. And there's like hospitality booths where they can go from their pit stop garage to uh, walk across this road, mm. which is a service road inside the track too, where they can chill. And there's like food and drinks for them to relax and meet with their team. So I was walking to a different hospitality from the Pirelli room and he was walking past me. So uh, I think he complimented my sunglasses, which at the time I had forgotten to bring mine to the track. So I just grabbed the first pair I saw in the airport and it happened to be actually a men's pair of Ray-Bans, which I didn't realize. They do look, they do look a bit too big for your They're face. <laughs> and I used to forget sunglasses all the time. So I just have random stories of sunglasses in airports. So he complimented my sunglasses and I was like, they probably look better on you, but can I get a selfie? 
And so he took a selfie with me. And I was tempted to give him my sunglasses, but then I was like, no, I'm going to keep these as a keepsake because he likes them. <laughs> I was going to say, you could have like traded the sunglasses for the selfie, but you got the selfie anyway. Um, okay, there's, there's a couple more. Um, this one. Same race, uh, I think 500 yards apart. And and I think I was just beaming so much of meeting Gerald Butler that I felt confident enough to chat up Ramsey. And I was telling him that I, at the time I had just left my job as an assistant chef, uh, chef's apprentice for a catering company. And I also told him that I really loved his Christmas turkey that he had posted uh, not too long before this photo. And he was like, surprised that I knew all the ingredients and so then I asked him for a selfie and he just thought I was so funny that he like he's a head taller than me but he like crouched yeah, down and he just really or something isn't it oh six two six four like he's very tall yeah he's giant but for the selfie he was like mocking me and my height even though I, I'm still tall but he was like mm. and took a selfie with me so it was just he a does all time now, now that you say that, it does look like he's kind of squatting down with his... Oh, yeah. His... It, like, it's a live photo, and so if you play the photo, he's, like, making faces and everything as he's talking to me. <laughs> okay, this photo. Which, oh, your caption cow. for this photo was, it was your rental. So, <laughs> do tell. <laughs> yes, uh, this actually was a rental, and this was a race in Italy and it mm, i can't remember which one this is but this might be luso and it's raining and i wasn't very happy about it raining i don't know if you could see my facial expression i'm not very thrilled but I think you were just um, concentrating it looks like concentrating yeah. face yeah because um the the rally that we were on we were going around these pretty windy curbs i think close to rimini at this point in italy and you don't want to hydroplane and swing and hit as much as like ferrari tires are amazing mm. you know when you're going at a certain speed mother nature will show you who's boss as far as inertia goes it's so scary. I'm, I'm concentrating very much so on how fast the car is going in front of me when they're bright brake lights are going hard to take the turn and what I need to do. And, and I had just gotten the wheel at that point. So I was like, why does it have to rain now? <laughs> but it was still an unbelievable experience. And it's not, if that's the millimilia, I believe it's not the millimilia until it rains. So, you know, it had to rain when I was behind the wheel. <laughs> oh, there you go. You got the authentic experience then. Mm -hmm. This one, this now this was, to me looks very one... familiar. <laughs> Can you guess? <laughs> <laughs> this was this past summer, actually. I had just landed in Sydney from American Samoa. I didn't stop in New Zealand before jumping to Sydney because it was wintertime over there. And I had tried Old. to tack mostly, yeah, mostly carry on. And I was island hopping around the world. So I was like, ah, I'm not going to bring a parka just for two nights stop mm. in New Zealand to break up the flight. So I took yeah. like a few hours extra, flew into Sydney, and this is at the Shangri-La. And I had this amazing oh, wow. room yeah. with the view of the opera house. And I just needed to take that picture. But I didn't feel like wearing anything. But, you know, I'm awake. I'm jet lagged. I'm going to drink some coffee and take this selfie. So... <laughs> I just, Shangri -La. that was one of, 
the Shangri La yeah, is it's still there. It's did you go to the bar at the top? Of course I did. They okay, have this afternoon say. tea. Uh, if you're going to travel, you got to do it right, Adrian. Well, I was going <laughs> so to say, but you may not, you may not have known about that because there's a lot of people who live in Sydney who don't know about the bar at the top of the Shangri La. And whenever I have tourists, like visitors, come over, the one place I take them to is that Shangri La bar. That's the best place to take them, honestly. For that panoramic view, it's much mm. higher than my room at this point, and you see all of australia i mean beach to beach to beach and the boardwalk the cliffs the bluffs i mean gorgeous mm. view and the food also looked gorgeous for that afternoon tea time but i was on my way back to the airport to go to bali so, <laughs> so i, I was gonna say what do you mean it looked gorgeous didn't you actually eat it <laughs> or you just looked no, at it oh, I, that's I a didn't shame. have time but you know i will be back there for sure i'll be back let me know let me know i'll probably be there as well i've never tried the food there i normally just end up having the drinks there um i've never actually tried the food but i'm sure it's amazing the shangri-la does a fantastic job when i when i stay there i usually like to do the part where what do you call it um the hospitality portion that includes breakfast you don't mm -hmm. have to eat anything else for the rest of the day because there's so many different options for you to have it's just you just a fill nice up one-stop shop fill up on breakfast and then you're good for good for the day um is that yeah that that's it all right so that was a show and tell so that there were some interesting stories there uh dana you also reminded me just you mentioned about the singing and you said that you have a single right a single dropping is it tomorrow i don't, I don't remember what time it is for you now so it's supposed to be on Sunday. And mm -hmm. so as you, if, if anybody out there has experience with releasing a song, you can choose a release date with a distributor. And so I chose Sunday and I just got this uh, information from the distributor that COVID strikes again and their warehouse is closed due to the pandemic. Oh, so okay. it they might release it on Sunday or it might be another five days but they're not telling me for sure. Um, I did get an email, <laughs> like, you know, okay. it's just one of those things where everybody's anticipating for me to finally release my music. My family's yeah. always heard my originals and they love them and my videos, but this is the first time everyone else will get to enjoy it. And, you know, it's like, you might have to, you might have to wait. Uh, no, you can wait. No, you might have to wait. It's like such, Oh, it's such a roller coaster. It's so, you know, it's it's been an uphill battle, but I wouldn't change it for the world because I had a vision when it came to mm. the music video for this song. And I ended up teaching myself how to edit on Final Cut in order to get oh, it don't right. Do that. And so I'm learning so... how to edit videos is such a... I mean, I did the same because I have to edit all these videos, so I taught myself. <laughs> it's it's not it's not pleasant having to teach yourself this. It's, <laughs> I don't know how you, you found know, it. it. It was not the easiest thing. No. You know, I, I admire you for using Final Cut <laughs> for all your edits because boy, did my computer teach me that my RAM was not enough. <laughs> so I like bumped it up mm -hmm. five times and we'll see for the next music video because I plan on releasing one song per month leading up to the national pageant in January. I've written six, environmental songs so far but i've written yes. another seven albums worth of pop other pop and reggae and seven albums yeah seven I've, yeah seven albums <laughs> worth of music 
literally just living in my phone, waiting for the world. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're not short on material then, that's for sure. So when when will you know? Will, will you kind of know when your single releases at the same time as us and it will suddenly just be there? Like it'll yeah, be out there? I'm, or It's supposed to be Sunday. Um, Sunday it'll... Technically tomorrow, the pre-order button should go live on like iTunes and Spotify and all these different things. If that doesn't happen tomorrow, I wish I had the answers. You know, this, <laughs> this pandemic is making us yeah. all just, you know, hang on, <laughs> things will happen. So, so. I, I imagine that you'll post obviously on your socials, but just so we know, if we wanted to look it up on, let's say iTunes or Spotify, do we look up your name or do we look up the title of the song? Yes. So you can look up my name or you can go to my Elite Miss Pennsylvania page or my website, daniellealora.com. I, I make sure that anybody who is looking in different areas will always find what they're looking for when it comes to the art that I create. So it'll be out there and you'll be able to find it. It will literally be on every single music platform you can even think up. It will be on every single form of music, whether you stream or purchase music. You know, I didn't make this music to get rich. I made it because I had so much fun making it. This is like melodies that have been in my head that I just figure I should share with the world. And so it's going to be out there for everyone free or purchase it, whatever you feel. I've interviewed a few singers um, before I did the pageant project and they always said they kept their phone around and whenever a, sort of a jingle popped in their head, they would keep their phone because they literally had to sing it then and there, otherwise they'd forget it. Are you the same? Is that you just sing the jingle into your phone? I'm similar, except I'm I'm a little bit more odd because I write music when I'm sleeping. <laughs> There's this um, like sleep slash wake state that I'll be in and all of a sudden, I'm writing a song in my head. And so I will sleepily roll over and grab my phone and like sing it as best I can into a memo. And then I'll wake up the next morning and go, is that a dream or did I really write a song? I forget. And then it'll just be like me, like really, really tired, half asleep, singing the song into my voice memo, <laughs> hooking everything. And then, you know, I'll try to figure out a, a good a good kind of background beat to go with it next thing you know i was not <laughs> you mustn't get a lot of sleep and if you've recorded seven albums worth and they've all started with you singing or writing whilst you're asleep you obviously don't yeah. sleep very much i really don't you know it's uh essential oils are really great for the face so is coffee scrub i have this tutorial on my elite miss pennsylvania page showing you how you can reuse your coffees uh the coffee grind and yep. use it on your face and the caffeine wakes you up a little bit the rose oil helps a little so does the honey and things like that so oh, you, know, wow. you gotta okay. you gotta give your body back what you took away when you're slaving away at night writing music and post-it notes are my best friend for that i use the wall <laughs> i reuse them and then i compost them <laughs> Your room would look like sort of the diary of a madman. It would just be post-it notes and ra random singings when you wake up. It's, um, that would be interesting. <laughs> I've never heard of anyone doing it whilst they're asleep. <laughs> uh, my father, when I, when I told my dad that, I was like, yeah, you know, last night I wrote a Father's Day song, so wait for next year. And he goes, in your sleep? And I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, there, he mentioned someone famous that also did that. I don't think he said Paul McCartney. I think he said something else somebody else. But I was like, well, they're really good. So I'll take it. <laughs> I'm not crazy. I'm just talented. 
<laughs> that that sounds like a disclaimer at the bottom of your album. That should be the name of your right, album. <laughs> when it was happening, I was like, this is so weird, but I might as well write it down or, you know, sing it into my phone. So, cause you try writing it down, but then you wake up and you're like, what do these words mean? And what was the melody? You lose the melody. So you really do have to sing it into your phone. Otherwise it just, it does, it leaves you forever. I, I think the melody from, from the little part that I know that I've experienced with music, I think the melody is the more important one. The words, you can sort of substitute words in and out. Um, but the melody is, I think what grabs people. So if you have a good melody pop into your head, I think you need to grab it even, even if you are half asleep. Um, That's a really good that, point because I mean, you, you name a sentence, it's been said before, it's probably been yeah. sung before, but the melody is everything. The melody is what people copyright. Well, exactly. I mean, you think about like really famous songs like Queen, We Will Rock You. All you need is, you know, the, the stomping and the clapping and you already know what the song is. So I think it's a melody that impacts us the most, more, more so than the words. Uh, now, just, um, Daniel, we always finish with the same 10 questions, but before we get to the final 10, um, is there anyone that you want to give a shout out to or just say thanks to for supporting you along your multifaceted journey, not just necessarily pageantry, but all the all the bits and the tangents and the and the dead ends and the roundabouts, all those things. <laughs> yes, complicated life, right? There's yeah. so many people. Um, if I forget anyone, know that I love you. But definitely my family who have been so supportive over everything that I've ever wanted to try and just encourage me. I think that's one of the biggest things is the encouragement from the people that I love and my friends that are behind me, especially um, Crazy Diamond Studios. They were first my friends and then they started a studio and now I just feel so at home writing my music in the comfort of their home and they're moving to a new home. It's a farm now, which will be really cool to write music wow. in that grotto. Um, to the Patel family, the Shaw family and they really helped me bring my vision to life as well. I had definite ideas for what I wanted to wear in the music video, which wasn't regular clothing. I was wearing objects. I was wearing single use items as clothes, mm. as, as the fashion. Oh, wow. And I had the idea of what I wanted to do, but I'm not a seamstress. So they definitely helped me put it together. And to Ava Fleece for the amazing photos during my entire reign, they, I'm, I've, I'm still getting amazing compliments over them. I think they're so timeless and so well done. And to Liz Martin waking up super early in the morning for me, whenever I need something, if, if I'm way too tired, I'm not a morning person because I don't sleep very well. So, uh, cause I'm always working on something. So Liz has definitely helped me look a little bit more refreshed, especially today. And so, uh, let's see who else. Um, my amazing director, Terry, I have her to thank for every, you know, she's not my director. She's like my best friend now. Like I can call her any moment she'll pick up. She's there. And, you know, you can talk to this woman about anything. She is just, I don't know what I would do without her. You know, the, the role of being a pageant queen can be really daunting sometimes because mm. when you're in the spotlight, there's a lot of stuff that goes on and mm. you know, you don't always want to just tell anyone about it. So she's just been an unbelievably great director and I don't know what I would do without her, especially this year, because as you can imagine, this is quite the year. 
And yeah. so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. Huge shout out to Terry and anybody that's ever looking to compete in a pageant. If you have Terry behind you, you can do anything. I'm telling you, she's amazing. I can't say enough nice things about Terry. I love you, Terry, if you're watching. And last but not least, Shantae. She will be competing for Miss Earth USA uh, in about a week from now. And so she's prepping for that. And I love her so very much. She comes out with all these awesome videos on how to upcycle clothing without a sewing machine. How cool is that? Oh, wow. Literally, you can take, oh my gosh, you have to watch her videos. Go to Miss Pennsylvania Earth's page and learn learn how to do these things because I'm sitting there trying to cut and, and tie and like, I made this awesome fringe vest out of a shirt that I've never worn in my life and it's just been sitting in my drawer and now I'm wearing it wow. around the house. <laughs> like such cool crafts, especially right now that you're home. So definitely check out her page. Love you, Shantae. Really looking forward to cheering you on virtually. And I should just say, if you have forgotten anyone, then you can mention them in the comments below because I will definitely there's always, <laughs> there's always someone, someone that you forget. Okay. All right. Well, final 10. Here we go. So 10 questions. Number one, what is your favorite word? I find myself using the word serendipitous a lot and it happens a lot in my life that, you know, just unexplained coincidences, just great time, great timing and the opportunity is there and you thank God for the moment and the serendipity mm -hmm. is just so beautiful. So I really, really love the word serendipitous. Question two, what is your least favorite word? failure because i feel like if you're even going to speak the word into existence it's like it echoes through your mind and no one mm. needs that you don't need those vibes you don't need to even tell yourself don't even speak the word because it's not necessarily that you failed it's that you're learning and it didn't happen to you it's happening for you so mm. move on keep going because if you remember your why there will be a future for you and there will be a yes. So I don't like the word failure. Well said. Question three, in life, what gets you excited? What turns you on? I love learning new things. That's probably one of my most favorite activities. <laughs> like when the world was shutting down, I was like, oh gosh, what can I learn right now? I'm gonna keep bees. And so I signed up for Penn State University okay. beekeeping license. And so definitely learning something new because it takes you on this new path and you never know who you're going to meet or what you're going to learn about yourself along the way. Question four, what turns you off? Hmm. If someone wants to give up because I really haven't ever seen a really great reason to give up other than your own words and your own mind. And mm. times are hard sometimes, especially right now. I mean, <laughs> Final Cut, for instance, how many times that program closed on me in the middle of me trying to create this amazing music video. And it's like, and then I caught myself feeling for the first time in my life, like, ah, oh, I should just 
give up, throw in the bag, maybe post the video just like that, you know, distributed. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, you know, I had a vision and I needed to stay the course and no matter what, I was going to get through it. So don't give up because it's just maybe a few more <laughs> system crashes and a few more sleepless nights later that your vision will come to life. <laughs> I tell anyone who's editing video, your friend is always going to be control S or command S. It's like every minute, anytime you make any sort of edit, just save, just save, just save. Because a number of people who I've talked to who do an hour's work and then lose it is um, that that can really make you cry. It's not a it's not a pleasant experience at all. Yeah, Question so then five. you go through the pain of rendering just to make oh, sure that well, you're saving. And then that time, <laughs> that time's given up. You're, you're, you're bringing up all my pain. I, I have a custom-made PC here, and literally the highest priority was to stick as much RAM as humanly possible in that thing specifically for oh. rendering. Um, and I can tell you it's a godsend because even though the computer's like a, a few years old now, it can still render because it's got the RAM, whereas everyone else has got these fancy things that, you know, you try and render a video and the whole thing just dies and gives up. And I'm like, oh, it's How so much sad. RAM are you working with? I wonder. That's 32. So wow, 4484, yeah. like a big, actually kind of look like Ferrari's four sort of, anyway. Um, next I bumped time, up to I will... 32. Next, next time I do one, I'll be bumping up to probably even more because that's what you need for making videos. So I'm glad that someone understands the pain of rendering videos because believe me, yeah, it's, it's sometimes when you're rendering, you're literally holding your fingers going, please work, please work, please work. Um, next time yeah. you're frustrated, call me. I'll talk you through it. <laughs> it won't be a call. It will just be a rant. I'll just be yelling down the phone, swearing. <laughs> it won't be a conversation. <laughs> believe We're me, in sometimes this together. My videos are so long, sometimes I leave them to render overnight. So you're looking forward to seeing the finished product when you wake up and then you wake up and it's gone like, oh, I died overnight. Like my, not, not yeah. me, but the computer died overnight. Like, <laughs> okay. Breathe. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I've forgotten what I'm doing here now. Okay. We're question five. Question five. What sound or noise? This is always an interesting one to ask a musician. What sound or noise do you love? Love. It immediately makes me think of the Caribbean where when you're just driving around and you randomly hear a rooster like cock-a-doodle-doo in crazy random times of the day. And it's like, of course, we're in the islands on island time. The roosters are waking up whenever they want. You know, they don't have anywhere to be. And <laughs> you just hear these random roosters And that just makes me like, you know, they go crazy on the top of their lungs. It's like, it's 4 p.m. in the afternoon. You're just waking up now. I'm glad I'm awake, but hey, and it makes me laugh so hard. So I love that sound. That or the cokey frogs that um, at night, they just like surround your, like if you're anchored in the bay, they're all around you in the hills and it's just like, okay, okay. And it's just so cute. I love them so much. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, question six, what sound or noise do you hate? Hmm. I don't really like ringtones. I'm a phone on vibrate type person. I, I think just think it's so disruptive. Ringtones. Like I, okay, so this is interesting. I absolutely love the sound of an organ because I grew up with my father playing a Leslie Hammond organ in the house, especially when dad's like in a great mood or it's a holiday, all of a sudden you hear, 
a crazy scale going up and then new blues chords that he just thought out of his mind and improv on the on the organ and i love that sound but his ringtone is an organ and it's the loudest ringtone you'll ever hear in your life you will hear it three levels away in the house when someone's calling him and I'm just like, I, I hate to say that might ruin it for me, but it's like the loudest thing you'll ever hear. I just wish that ringtones were mostly on vibrate so that you can not be as disrupted. But I'd love to be live organ disrupted in life, but not on a ringtone. <laughs> love you, Dad. Oh, I'll have to look, have to look that ringtone up. I could use with a I could use a, a loud ringtone. Uh, that's an unusual one. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, question seven. If you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? I definitely want the power to heal. And whether that's healing someone's health, like an ailment or a mm. broken heart or the planet, I want the opportunity to heal because we are so far down this rabbit hole now that, you know, health wise and environment wise mm. that you know, unless we start to put on the brakes, we're going to have another disruption later on in life as far as a planet crisis. And if I could just be, you know, Miss Captain Planet, I would love to be able to heal, whether it's people or the planet. Sounds good. Uh, question eight. This will be an interesting one for you. What job or occupation other than your own would you most like to attempt? A farmer. Definitely. If I could, if I could wake up every day with a tune in my head and go out there, water some plants and fill my own belly and everybody that I love around me every day, that would be so cool. I think I was looking up some big machinery earlier today. I was like, how, how they get it done so successfully. And it's mind blowing just in order to prep the soil, make sure that you're reaping almost everything that you sow in order to get it done and then do it all over again for another season. Mm. And it, it blows my mind because in India, they only have one harvest and whatever food and money they make one time in a year, that must carry them through the entire year, food mm. and monetarily. So they've become extremely savvy on how to stretch the dollar and how to feed their family and their extended family. So it, I think it's really super interesting as to how they get that done. And we can learn a lot from them as far as that goes too, because those villages are extremely sustainable. Their trash bins are like this big and it takes them a month to fill something like that up because they are oh, wow. eating what comes straight out of the ground and then it goes back into their soil to compost to create richer soil for their next food if you wanted to be a farmer though you'd have to become a morning person uh, i think there's technology out now that <laughs> that can help me with watering the ones that need watering I thought by technology you meant, yeah, coffee. That, that's the technology that will help you become a morning person. Uh, question nine, what job or occupation would you definitely not like to attempt? Being a garbage man. I don't want to have Why to Why is that such it. a popular choice? <laughs> <laughs> that's well, the most common uh, you know, my, choice for girls, garbage my, men. I'm my like, platform... My platform is no excuse for single use and I would probably loathe every minute of my life that I come across a bottle 
or you know food that shouldn't be thrown mm. away that should be regrown into something else i would just yeah. be so overcome with frustration like didn't they learn anything <laughs> like haven't they watched my videos i'd be leaving my card or little hints as like links <laughs> and stuff for them to learn like hey by the way from your neighborhood garbage woman check out this link <laughs> like oh recycling company interesting oh discount coupon nice <laughs> I know, um, I know you know about the, um, <laughs> I know you know about the giant plastic islands that are that have formed um, on the ocean. Have you heard about fatbergs? Fatbergs? As in icebergs, but made of fat. Uh, unfortunately, I have not. Um, but I well, do know I don't that know summer. I don't think it's unfortunate. Of icebergs are comprised of. Um, a certain part of something that penguins leave behind because they can't <laughs> melt. <laughs> I do know that. When when we get off this interview, look up fatbergs, literally like icebergs, but just fatbergs. They are the in sewerage systems because you talked about garbage people. That's what we think about it. A lot of the uh, fat that we get from fast food just congeals and it blocks up the okay. sewers and becomes fatbergs. And a lot of actually the plastic gets stuck in it as well. And because plastic doesn't decompose, um, you end up. And I think the biggest one was in the UK. It was several hundred tons. They're, they're massive. They clog up the entire, and they don't look great either. But um, plastic plays a large part. You definitely part in just well. taught me something. I'm going to have to definitely look that up. And I have to say, that's not, that's unacceptable. That's just they're, they're all over another the world. reason why uh, fast food industry has to definitely change their ways. And it's become worse during Corona because people are eating more takeaway. So all the all the boxes and stuff. Go into places where it shouldn't, and um, I think we had a massive one just down here in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, and they look ghastly, and there are people down there whose dedicated job is to get rid of these fat burgs, and it takes a long time because it's just all congealed. Horrible Boy. mess. So there you go, uh, fat burgs. Final <laughs> question. Yeah, this is a very random segue after that. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Wow, what a question. And I know I've heard you ask this question before more than once, but that's quite a question. I would say I would definitely want him to be excited, smiling in some way, probably say something quirky to not only, you know, great, I made it to heaven, but wait, that means I'm dead. But also, hey, where's my grandma? That's what I would ask him. I'd be like, mm. hey, where's grandma? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Um, well, Danielle, that's just about it. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely had a fantastic time. And I'm going to look up fatbergs right now. <laughs> don't don't eat before you look it up. That's all I'm going to tell you. You, you won't like what, what comes up. Um, I'll keep you on the line for just a sec whilst I hang up with the audience. Um, you've had a, peop a couple of people jump on, on late. You've got a Melvin Tan saying hi. Hi, Melvin. Uh, he said, nice to see you live. And uh, someone here is saying hi to Zanny. So we've got a little, <laughs> got a little conversation going on in the comments. And there's a load of comments there. So Love I'll let it. you go through them in your own time, Daniel. But um, I'll keep you on the line, as I said, for a sec. Um, I'll hang up with the audience. Thanks for watching, guys. And we will speak Bye. to you next time. No excuse for single use. <laughs>
What's up guys, it's Adrian again. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember to head over to pageantlaunch.com. Join our launch team for our review site. It's super important to all of us to make sure that the industry is safe, transparent, and fair. So head over to pageantlaunch.com, write in your email address, and we'll speak to you next time. Yeah.